Welcome back to the Mindful Psychonaut podcast. So today I'm going to be going through self-development uh, or self-improvement and I guess the reasons why that's important and how I've gone about doing that. So we'll be focusing a lot on the self-authoring program by Jordan Peterson. Um, I finished the whole thing. There's, there's four different courses on there. Um, you have your, it makes you analyze your faults, your virtues, your past and your future. So it encompasses the, the whole, um, the whole story in, in a sense. And, um, that, that idea of a story of you living a story is very present within our lives. Um, and the self-authoring program has been a little bit like picking up a book that you've read halfway through but haven't read any for a while. Um, you might have some idea of what happened within the book, but there are some key things you need to know about the characters, each of the characteristics and the traits before rationally predicting what might lie ahead. Now, in the self-authoring program, it's allowed me to know where I am so that's the virtues and the faults um, part of the program. How I may have come to be this way. So how those virtues and faults might have come about through my past actions or past occurrences. Um, and then how, uh, how then I, where I could be in the future um, based on those occurrences that have led me to be where I am now and how that might then affect me in the future. Um, and that's, it kind of all depends on actually identifying those present faults and virtues and then looking forwards, you can see how they might get worse or how they might get better. So generally, uh, if you get the program, uh, I think it's something like 20 or 30 pounds, it's not very much for the amount of benefit that you will get out of it. Um, and I think actually on the website, they have, you know, a two for one sort of deal, which is exactly the same price. So it almost promotes you to do it yourself. And then if you find benefit in it, which I wouldn't be, I'd be surprised if you didn't, um, you can then share that with someone else. Um, but you start generally prom prompted to start with either the faults or your virtues. If you are in a quite a good mental state, then maybe start with your faults because you can kind of deal with the assessment of here's where you here's where you're not so good at things. Um, if you're in not such a good position and actually you're a bit down in the dumps, um, then starting with your virtues to actually look into yourself and go, Hey, there are some good things about me and here, here they are. And let me write them down. Um, so I started with the present faults. I felt okay with where I was. Um, but yeah, so I did the faults virtues. Then I go on to the past and then onto the future. Now the faults, it, it goes through different, uh, habits that you might have, it has a massive list of habits coming under different personality traits. Um, so for example, under extroversion or introversion, 
I highlighted things like may exaggerate the truth, um, find it difficult to approach others, have a social circle that's too small. There's lots of different um, ones that may apply that may not. And you just kind of click all, tick all the ones that might apply. Um, then later on in the program, you're going to narrow it down slightly. Um, and once you've narrowed it down within each, I guess, each area of uh, your personality, then you will be able to talk about them. So you talk about how that habit, um, so if we're in the faults at the moment, how that habit might have um, led to a, how has that habit been present in a bad experience? So something's happened in your life and that habit was maybe the root cause or affected it in some way. Write that down. What happened specifically? Um, how could that have been different? So if something bad happened, how could that have been made better if you'd acted otherwise, potentially? Um, and then after that, it's almost the guidelines for general improvement. So in that specific situation, how could have things been better? And taking, broadening things, so not going into the specifics, broadening and how that habit obviously affected you in that specific situation, but how might it affect you broadly? Um, and if you can see ways, if you can write and think about ways of how that bad situation could have been made better, you can tend to do that on a broader scale, um, which helps you assess where you are. Um, because if you don't know where you are now, there's, there's no, it's like uh, mapping out the future. You know, I was talking to someone at work the other day, what's your five-year plan? It's like, she found that very disturbing in a sense, didn't want to talk about it. It's quite scary and gives her a lot of anxiety, but what is your five-year plan? Are you going to wander through? Like, you need to know. And in order to plot where you want to go, you've, you know, it's like, a, it's like a map. I am here. I want to be here. Well, if you don't know where you're starting from, how on earth are you going to get to your end goal? So this is what helps me or has helped a lot of people, I can imagine, at least give them that sense of, I'm here, I don't want to be here, and I do want to be here. Um, and then you can start working towards that a little bit more, with a little bit more structure, um, and less kind of wandering about in the dark, seeing what might be there. You've got a bit more uh, control, in a sense. <clears throat> Um, so yeah, it makes you identify all of these, all of the faults that you might have, um, the most important ones, and then also events in your life. So it does, it, it does seep into the past authoring um, part of the program as well within the faults and the virtues, because you are talking about how those faults and how those virtues have affected you. So both sections, the faults and the virtues, allow you to establish where you are now. If you know where you are now, if you can then discover, um, think and write about how that might have come to be. So going into the past authoring, what are the things that have happened in your life? So I think it breaks it down into different epochs, so different, different segments of your life 
I'm 22, so I think I took almost birth to primary school, primary school, secondary school, and then college onwards, something like that. Um, and then again, similar to the the habit selection, you kind of write down a big list of main meaningful events that might have happened during that time. And then you write in more detail about a few certain ones that were really meaningful. Um, for example, when I was, I guess, up until primary school, um, my youngest brother was born. And actually, I was at an age where I was more developed as a person um, compared to my, I've got two brothers. This is this my youngest one. The other brother, I was a bit too young to remember that. And actually that wasn't that meaningful for me or that significant because I'm, I'm not really thinking about that. Um, but to watch my youngest brother grow up and now be taller than me and be in, well, be, I can see him grow up and that's something meaningful to me. So I know that's meaningful, but to actually write about it and have directions for what happened, how did that make you feel? Um, and then it breaks it down. How might have that affected your perception of the world, perception of others, your trust in people? It breaks it down in ways that you might not have previously thought about. Now, some events aren't really that important um, or don't seem that important. So sometimes I'd be writing and I'd say, how did that affect your trust in people? And I'd say, didn't, I don't think it changed it at all, which might be the case. Obviously, the further back you go, I think the less you're pulling at some kind of like, you're really, it's a lot of guesswork. I think you're really like reaching for some conclusions, which might not be that accurate, but the things that are closer onto your life. So things for myself in secondary school, that was a, that's a lot more recent. It is still quite a long, long way away. So I do have to think about it quite for quite a while. Um, but I can, I can see meaningful events that I remember, you know, there are certain things that you remember, but why do you, you don't remember everything. Um, and there are reasons for the things that you remember, whether they were traumatic or whether they were really quite exciting. You remember those things. And then to write and think about why you might have remembered those things and how that might affected you today, how that might have led to the current faults that you have, the current virtues that you have, how that might have been the starting point for how that fault got worse over time or how you established a virtue back, you, you changed your ways and got improved on certain things. Identifying that within the past authoring program was really quite useful. Um, and also quite, quite interesting. Um, I think I just I think I said that we do the, the current, then the past and the future. It's not that way. You do the current stuff first. And then actually I went on to the future authoring and then finish with the past authoring. Because the past authoring is a little bit like an autobiography. You are writing about the things that have happened in your in your life. Um, but still, it's very useful. And you don't need to follow that set set guideline. Um, it is, however, quite, quite useful to do all of those. You can do individual sections. But the four as a collection work really well together. 
and link in together. If you've written about one thing in, you've written about your past in the faults section, you're probably going to write similar things in the past section, um, but it's still really useful to do so. <clears throat> okay. Um, and obviously the future authoring program, now that will talk about the present faults and virtues that you currently have. Um, so a lot of people will not know what they want to do. I was talking about the person at work. They feel quite anxious and worked up when someone asks them, what are, the, what are you doing in the future? What's your five-year plan? Um, and generally, people, it does create a bit of anxiety to think about what your five-year plan is because if you don't know where you are some people aren't really sure where they want to go but they're not really sure where they are now if you can at least first establish where you are now with your faults and your virtues you you're in a you're standing on solid ground you can then work yourself up to you know where you are and you know you can then work to where you want to go rather than I don't know where I am and I don't really know where I want to go. You've got two unknowns there. So it's better to have one unknown and one known. Um, so future authoring, it, it breaks it down into that, that five year sort of goal. Obviously there, there will be, breaks it down into different domains. So you might have a, uh, a familial goal, you might have a career goal, you might have um, uh, an educational goal, you might have a social goal, you, there's all sorts of different categories of goals that you might want to work towards. Um, and essentially, it makes you think of those different categories. Now, something that I've spoken about, either on here, or at least to friends, is there's a certain amount of effort that we put into things. I can almost imagine like some of music, like sliding level things. So you're going to bring up the bass slightly and bring down the treble. Um, and in terms of effort, there's a, a maximum and a minimum amount of effort that we can put in the hundred percent bar sort of thing. Um, we have all of our goals. Maybe there's six, seven, eight different goals. And, certain goals will have a, a a bias. They will get priority at certain times in your life. When it's crunch time for exams and revision, generally those educational goals, you, you put more effort into those sorts of things. And if you're putting more effort there, then other things are coming down. So you might not see friends as much in, in the social goals realm. Uh, maybe your training sort of goes out the window. You can't train as often or what you'd like to train. Um, maybe you're, um, there's, there's, there's only so much that you can do. Um, and it's acknowledging where those biases are and knowing that actually sometimes in your life, certain things will have to take priority over other things. Um, which is fine, but actually if there's certain things you want to do, then realize if you do want to have more bias on the thing that isn't getting as much love, you're going to have to take away from somewhere else. Um, <clears throat> so the future authoring program, if you don't know, we know where we are, we've established that by doing the faults and the virtues. If you don't know where you want to be, I think 
what you can do is know where you don't want to be. So this is the idea of heaven and hell. Um, if you let your faults get worse, if you, we've already written about um, the faults and how actually they, in a certain circumstance, they made something worse, how they could be better. If you let those faults get worse, let almost that sort of snowball effect, actually, they're going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. If you're digging yourself a deeper hole, um, if you lie, and then you have to lie on top of that lie because you lied in the first place, it's only going to get worse from there. And you can, it makes you describe your hell in a sense. If you let those faults get worse, if you let virtues potentially become faults and you don't almost hold on to those virtues and they start to seep away, then you can identify in 12 months, two years, five years where you don't want to be. You know, currently I don't enjoy my job. Uh, I wish I could do some more. I kind of feel a little bit dissatisfied with certain things. I'm not sure what to do, blah, blah, blah. Then if those, if those faults get worse, or you just kind of sit in your own puddle, sit in your own puddle of tears sort of thing, then well, where do you go from there? There's, it's only going to get worse. And if you can describe that, articulate that and write it down, which is what the program makes you do. Well, you know where you are, you know where you don't want to be. So at the very least, you know what you're running from. You don't want to be here in five years time, in one year's time. So what are you going to do to avoid this? And then that gives you, if you're running away from that hell, then at least you're going to be running, hopefully in the right direction towards almost your heaven as such. Um, and what might that be? And it helps you work through that. So it'll help you go through those, maybe I think I have uh, eight different goals that I set. Um, some were about almost acting for delayed gratification, um, using my time more wisely, doing more exciting things, seeing friends, making an, a conscious effort to see friends and family, um, learn about different things, work towards almost that intellectual pursuit to be more, the physical pursuit to be more. Um, and acknowledging that sometimes some things will get more of a priority than others. And it helps you work out different things to be able to evaluate whether you're meeting those goals or not. Because just to set goals and then leave them and not really know how you're gonna, what are the markers that you're gonna set to say, hey, yeah, I am progressing towards this goal or not so much. Um, and it's really useful to write that down because then every now and then, you can come back and say, all right, this, this goal really went off the rails. What am I going to do about that? Am I going to put more priority here? Is that not really a goal that I, something that I told myself I wanted to do, but actually once I started trying to do that thing, I didn't really want to do it in the end. It was just something I thought I wanted to do. You can start to work things out and uh, see where you want to put the effort at different times in your life. Um, very useful. So present authoring, find out where you want to be. Future authoring, 
know how things can get worse, know how things can get better. And by doing that, you can see, okay, well, what are the things I can do, broadly speaking, to improve on the faults that I currently have? How will I act so that I will be further away from the hell that I've articulated and I'll be closer towards the heaven that I, that I want to, to strive towards? Um, and I think, I guess it comes down to why, why do you want to be better or why should you want to be better than you currently are? Um, the whole idea of comparing yourself to who you were uh, yesterday and not comparing yourself to other people. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday and not other people. Um, because even if you're 1% better than you were yesterday, that's an improvement. You do that every day. That's that's a lot of that's a lot of improvement across the year, or across multiple years. <clears throat> okay. So the idea of aiming at the highest good, um, which many will do in religion, aiming to follow the rules to enter heaven, have good karma. Um, there's that idea is present in religion. Uh, some people who are not religious will, or who are religious will identify um, and learn how to act through rationality and reason. Being virtuous will generally lead to better outcomes than, um, than worser outcomes for yourself and for others. You know, if I lie to most of the people that I'm around, it's, some people might not realize, but I'm sure some people will. And um, then you're less likely to have genuine interactions with others, which genuine relationships with others is very important. It's meaningful. Um, and other people may be more likely to lie back to you um, or not give you the opportunities that you might want. So it's, it's things like that. It's like, actually, how am I going to act now so that I will be better off and my future self will be better off and potentially others will be better off. <clears throat> um, and so, yeah, you've got rationality and reason, which many people will use to identify what good, uh, how, how, how you should act in the world. Um, others may learn how to act virtuously through religion, as I mentioned. Um, but regardless of how you discover these truths, the importance of living a noble, and virtuous life shouldn't be underestimated. So the Eightfold Path to Reaching Nirvana, um, as I spoke about last episode, um, and similar things can be seen in other religions such as Christianity. So there's a quote from the book of Matthew, uh, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And uh, the final part of that, that quote there, to, to love thy neighbor as thyself is important in the most fundamental sense, especially for a functioning society, actually. Treat people with kindness as you are likely to want to be treated. Um, deceive others, and I, I, I believe that deceit will be more present in your life if, if you are doing those actions. 
Uh, so the choice is up to you. The first commandment, um, or at least the first part of that quote, to love God with all thy heart, is potentially less relevant, um, at least on the whole. But I think the idea of God, at least for me, being like the entirety of existence, everything that we experience in, in a sense could be called God if you want to. If God is something, then I think it's everything. Um, and that includes the suffering and the bliss found within our existence um, and can be, I think, can be seen as beautiful. Um, it's a difficult concept to hold, but I think it relates back to acceptance, uh, acceptance of the way things are, that good can come from bad situations and is encapsulated within Amor Fati, the stoic belief that occurrences in life are good or at the very least necessary. Um, yesterday I was listening to a podcast, uh, the Diary of a CEO podcast, I recently found it, it's actually really good, um, where they had Johnny Wilkinson on. Now, I am not an avid sports fan, um, so I don't really know too much about Johnny Wilkinson, but the things that he said were really quite, quite important. I, I, you know, I've done sport and exercise science at uni and the psychology of elite sportsmanship is is very interesting because often people are worked up for their whole lives towards a grand moment, such as winning the World Cup or getting to the Olympics. And then all of a sudden they achieve it or they get injured. And then what next? You know, they thought that that was, that that was the leading promise. That was the thing that was going to get them there. Um, and as soon as they, they got what they wanted, um, in the sense of winning the World Cup, it was like, well, what now? I don't really, I don't really feel that great. Um, and he spoke a lot about his mental health and different ideas of, I guess, how you should act. Um, and there was something that he mentioned that, probably paraphrase it but the importance of self-development so working on someone else may help that person but working on yourself will help everyone um and i think it it relates back to one of the rules from 12 12 rules for life you must treat yourself as if you are responsible for treating someone else often we'll want to help others um almost at the sacrifice to ourselves which is almost seems like quite a noble thing to do. But if it's at the detriment to yourself, then that's going to trickle off onto other people. Um, so even though you might be helping someone else, if you've made yourself worse in the process, and that's then going to hurt more people, actually, that might not be worthwhile. You know, you need to, if you can work on yourself, then that is going, every person that you interact with will be better off for it because you are you are better able to act um, which is in the in the favor of everybody else so i think that's something to consider and it's not necessarily saying that you should help yourself before you help others you can do both at the same time and actually helping yourself might be helping others and doing that but if you 
sometimes people lack a lot of respect for themselves that allow certain things to go on you know you might see it in you might see other people's relationships and they say well why on earth are you you two still together why do you accept this abuse or the, these discomforts that are instilled upon you and i think it's a lack of self-respect if you because you can see it from an outsider's perspective, but when you're within it, that that, that self-respect isn't really there. You don't really think about it. Uh, you think, oh, it's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, but if it was someone else, people in that situation, if you can try and flip it around and say, well, what if I, what if I was in your situation and you were talking to me? As soon as you propose that to them, they might not like what you're saying because it's that realization of, yeah, actually, if you were in my situation, I'd probably be telling you very similar. Um, and to listen to that and truly take that on board is quite, quite revolutionary. So working on someone else may help that person, but working on yourself will help everyone. Uh, so I guess I'll finish today's episode with a, a question to ask yourself. So what is one thing that you know you should do, that you can do, that if you do, will improve your life? There's always something. It can be as complex or as simple as you like, but even things such as washing the dishes, um, cleaning your room, it makes a big difference. Uh, so sit with that, find something that you know you can do that will make things better on the smallest or biggest scale. Um, because even those small things do add up. So, yeah. Hopefully you enjoyed today's episode. And um, if you did, follow, share, comment, all those, all those things. And uh, I will be back again for another episode of the Mindful Psychonaut Podcast.